Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, health challenges can be some of the worst challenges we face in life, especially when there is uncertainty that goes along with it. And sometimes we tend to hide those things or we don't have the courage to engage in that conversation. But one young woman is speaking out about her condition and inspiring others to live their lives to the fullest in the process. And on this International Women's Day, we are going to an international woman, Sarah Hawks. She's a Utah native, a BYU grad, a degree in Russian. Uh, and despite having a diagnosis, diagnosis of epilepsy when she was 15, uh, it hasn't slowed her down uh, in an extraordinary way. In fact, she's uh, just getting ready to graduate from National University of Ireland at Galway next month uh, with a master's in international humanitarian law, and she joins us on the line. Sarah, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So you uh, have been, over the, the years, you've had epilepsy uh, diagnosis when you were 15, uh, but you've you've been hesitant to talk about it or to share some of the challenges of it. Uh, you wrote a piece uh, that was so inspired and inspiring, sharing your story. Why now? I actually just barely had, I came up against some discrimination at work just recently. And not even in the past two weeks, I got fully diagnosed since there are so many different types of epilepsy I've been misdiagnosed multiple times, and so seizures keep coming. But it's there's been such a sudden emphasis on epilepsy in my life, whether being discriminated or suddenly finding a neurologist who could diagnose it. So it's been good and bad, both. Yeah. And I've just been so focused on this mental and physical disease. It's mm. kind of both, so it makes it really rare. Um, in that in that sense. And it's just made me more passionate about people needing to understand this and understand what it is. There's been so many misconceptions on epilepsy, not just in recent years. It's been thousands and thousands of years that epilepsy has been misunderstood. And it's time that people understand. Yeah, I, I think that's so vital. And I so appreciate your courageous vulnerability to, to tell your story. Uh, and the way that you did that, because there are so many misperceptions as as to what a seizure really is or what epilepsy really does. Uh, but I love the way you began sharing your story uh, by just having the reader blink and tell us what has happened in your world because of your epilepsy sometimes when you do blink. It's a very strange feeling, and it's 
impossible to describe. It's something that I've tried to get across to so many people so many different times because working with not just bosses, but with professors, especially when they're frustrated with me and I am embarrassed about it because people think of it as a mental illness. And so they think something's wrong with me mentally and it, it makes me feel stupid. And that's obviously not something that I like while trying to go to school and trying to learn and then people making you feel like you're stupid all the time. Um, but the biggest issue is in a way the absent seizures that I mentioned in when I was writing of just blinking and you might be somewhere a second, like you might be somewhere else a second later. It's the most disorienting feeling that truly is impossible to describe. But there are seizures that even big physical ones that I don't realize that happen because just like in GarageBand, I'm sure everyone here has used GarageBand at some point in their life. When you decide that there's one part of the audio that you don't like, and so you just cut that out completely and you smooth it over so the next note, it just seems like there was nothing. There was no sort of pause. It just went seamlessly. And anybody else looking or listening to the song or whatever, they don't notice that there was a full other chunk in there that previously was, but it's just gone. And so for me, that's what it's like. It's just I blink. And I don't realize that there was that passage of time that I was there for, that it just is gone. It's suddenly gone. And it it truly is so difficult to explain. But you kind of have this fog over your mind where you're just going about your day, and then you realize, wait a second. Was there... Did did something go wrong? Did I miss something? Exactly. Um, Last time I had one, I was wearing my Apple Watch, which I got because of epilepsy, uh, because it has the feature where if you fall, then it will call EMS and your emergency contacts. Right. And I just kind of blinked, and suddenly it was two hours later. I was very confused and looked at my watch, and it has the heartbeat as well. And in between the two hours, there was just a massive spike in my heart rate, and I knew... For the first time, I was like, oh, I have actual physical proof that I had a seizure uh, after that one blink. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. But, yeah, it's difficult to describe. Yeah. Well, let's uh, just, we have about just about a minute left. And uh, what's the one thing that you wish uh, everybody could understand about ep- epilepsy and about those that have uh, all kinds of different seizures? Oh, there's, there's so much. But I think the biggest is that there's not something mentally wrong with us, that we are smart, competent people. We just have something as a physical disability that presents itself mentally so people can't see it. And so people misunderstand it as someone who is neurotic. So, of course, their body starts seizing. Um, but there is the absent seizures, the ones that you don't realize are happening that are hard to make hard to make sense of, and people think that you're making excuses for things. Oh. And 
that's very difficult when you have a professor and you go up to him and say, I actually don't know if I took this test. I really don't know if I took it. And he has to go to his computer and check to see if you took a test. And he's thinking in his mind, oh, is she going to be making an excuse for a reason why she didn't take the test and now she wants me to give her special accommodations to go take it in the library? Wow. And it's full panic that I'm going to fail this class because I had an absent seizure and people think I'm making excuses. Wow. So if people were understanding of that, that aspect of it, then it would lessen our anxiety going about life with epilepsy, just knowing that people understand. Yeah. Great insight. Uh, Sarah Hawks uh, joining us, a a courageously vulnerable piece that is so brilliant to read uh, and so much insight there. So we're going to have you back because we're going to continue. I think this is an important conversation uh, as we come to really understand what epilepsy is, how it impacts people uh, and what we can do to make sure that everyone can thrive, whether that's in the workplace, at school uh, or in our community. Sarah Hawks, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to put some faces on the millions of Ukrainian refugees streaming out of the country. KSL News Radio's Jeff Kaplan is going to join me for a very powerful minute of news and a powerful experience to help us get past the statistics and down to the people. Stay with us. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.